0: Good morning, family. I am so glad to see you today. Well, I shouldn't say see, but in my mind's eye, I'm seeing you. And I am so grateful that we can come into your home and share the word of the Lord today. I want to talk to you this morning about encouraging one another, how to encourage each other. It, it's, it's interesting to me in the Bible how many times we are actually told to encourage one another. But before I read the passage, I'd like to give you just a little bit of background to this verse of Scripture. Uh, You have to go all the way back to the book of Numbers to kind of get the the background to what Paul is going to write about here in the book of Hebrews, where the children of Israel were complaining. They came to Moses, and they were griping and saying, you know, why didn't you just let us die you know, why did you bring us to this place? There's no pomegranates. There's no olive trees. There's no fig trees. They're in a tough spot, kind of like some of us are in right now. They're just in a, a very tough and a difficult spot. And so they're complaining. And so Moses and Joshua, after they get all of this encouragement from the Lord, They go to the tabernacle and they just fall down before the Lord and they begin to pray and they begin to worship. And sometimes, you know, we have people in our lives that rather than encourage us, they come along and they just kind of drag you down. They just kind of pull you down. It's like the old story, if you're crabbing and you catch some crabs and you put them in a bucket, um, you don't have to worry about them getting out of the bucket because One starts to climb up, the other crab will pull them down. And there's always those kind of people in your lives. They're not encouragers, but they will pull you down. And so the writer of the book of Hebrews wants to kind of get two things across to us. So let's look at Hebrews chapter three. And if you've downloaded the app, you can follow along with us. And if you haven't downloaded the app, open your Bible and kind of take some notes with me this morning, because I think you're gonna really profit from this message and people in your life will be glad that you heard this message as well. So in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. Circle that word in your Bible or highlight it in the app, daily. So encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Let's pray. Father, thank You that we can come into Your presence this morning. Thank You that um, As a congregation, Lord, it's been encouraging to see people log on and begin to watch. And so all across, Lord, this Downriver community and wherever else in the world people are watching, I pray that we'll just turn our hearts to you. We'll listen to your word for the next few minutes this morning. And that, Jesus, you will feed us, you will strengthen us, and at the same time, Lord... You will make us an encouragement in our community and to those around us, I pray. In your holy name, amen. This week when I was reading the paper, you know, this coming week that we're about to go into, let's just say beginning tomorrow, in America, in the United States, this is supposed to be the worst week. We're supposed to hit the peak this week and then it's supposed to, this coronavirus pandemic is supposed to begin to decline. So if the, if the doctors and the health experts are right who are tracking this, this should be the most critical week that we're facing during this pandemic. And so I see it's now even more the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring this message to you. And I hope you will listen to this message and, and receive it as the word of the Lord. Because when I read that, I thought how timely this scripture is in particular. It's also a time, and because I love you, I just want to say this. This is a time where we really need to practice everything that we've been taught to do during this pandemic. Social distancing, stay home, stay safe. You know, if you need to go out to get food or groceries, wear a mask, you know, get what you need, and then come home. Uh, let's let's take care of one another, let's love one another by observing those things that we've been asked to do. But in the meantime, as we practice the social distancing, as, as I said three weeks ago, we don't want to be in social isolation. We want to stay connected to one another through Facebook, through uh, Twitter, however you communicate with people. As a matter of fact, one of the best things you can do is you know, use your phone to call somebody. It's more than just a smartphone for searching the web. It's, it's a way to stay in touch with family and friends and stay in t- touch with your small group. So today, as we talk about encouraging one another, keep asking yourself this question, is this the kind of person I want to be? Do I want to be an encourager or do I want to be a discourager? Do I want to be like one of those crabs in the bucket because maybe I'm down, I'm pulling other people down with me? Or do I want to be the kind of person that's lifting everyone else up? Remember, I told you the background of this story was that the people of God were complaining. Moses went to the tabernacle, and he prayed, and, you know, they were in a dry place. There was no more water. And so, God spoke to Moses, and He told Moses, He says, Moses, I want you to go speak to the rock. And when you speak to the rock, all of this water is going to come flowing out. It's going to take care of the need to the people of Israel. Well, when Moses got done with praying, and I've been there, trust me, I'm I'm not throwing rocks at Moses. I've been there. When Moses got done praying, he got up, and rather than speaking to the rock, I mean, he must have felt like whacking somebody. Because when he got up before the, the people, he was How long have I got to put up with you? How long have I got to put up with your grumbling? And instead of whacking somebody, he turned around and he whacked that rock, and then the water began to gush out. And we've all been in that place where we felt like whacking somebody. But instead of of getting praise from God, he got, well, God got onto him. God had something to say to him. He says, Moses, the little things count. When I tell you to speak to a rock, you speak to a rock. You don't whack the rock. Now, the people must have cheered, and they must have started clapping. and saying, that's our man, Mo. He just whacked that rock, and water came out. Well, the needs of the people were met. God met the needs of the people. And friends, God is always going to meet our needs. Don't you ever doubt that for a moment. God is always going to meet our needs. He makes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. He causes the rain to come on the just and the unjust. God is good to people who don't even recognize or confess that He's God. It's foolish to say there's no God, but He's still good to people. God provides our needs. But Moses, Moses because of that wasn't able to enter into the promised land. And so I hope you will hear the word of the Lord this morning because it's so, care- it's so important that we're careful even in the smallest things because the scripture says, so do this daily, encourage each other, your cards, your notes, your emails, you know, your, your text messages to one another, your phone calls, they mean so much to us. And he says at the same time, he says, But today, he says, you've got to hold on to this original conviction about encouraging one another in your faith, lest your heart be stubborn. So, let me just talk to you about three things real quickly, and then we want to start to apply this. Number one, be deliberate with encouraging one another. I mean, you've got to make a choice, especially if you're not a a extroverted, positive person. You know, there are some people in life, they see good everywhere. They're always seeing the silver lining in the cloud. They're always seeing the good in people. They're always calling good out. I mean, we love those kind of people. They're the encouragers in life. They're the, the people that are always calling you to come up a little bit higher. And then there's those people that just, it's something about how they're made up or how, they, how they're wired they see the bad in everything. They're the critical people. They're the negative people. They're the Eeyores and the Winnie Winnie the Pooh stories. God calls us, though, to be deliberate whether we're outgoing people seeing the silver lining in every cloud or whether we're negative people. God calls us to be deliberate. And so, especially if you're the kind of person that you're just critical or you're always worried there's not going to be enough or somebody never does something good enough for you, you've got to look for those places to encourage. So be deliberate in your encouragement and your praise of one another. In the words of Scott Peck, catch people doing something right. Matter of fact, catch your kids doing something right this week. Always encourage them. Number two, Encourage daily. I mean, sit down in the morning, this morning after I read my scriptures, I I, I sat down with my journal, and I, I wrote down in my journal how I wanted to encourage people today, who needed to be encouraged, who needed a message. So, daily look for people that you can encourage. As a matter of fact, if you keep a journal, and if you go to Woodland, I hope you keep a journal. I have pounded this drum for 21 years because it's one of the best ways to grow. Now, a journal is not a diary. A journal is a way you record your prayers, the verses of Scripture, spiritual conversations that you've had, where you can just kind of keep up with how you're growing in the Lord. <clears throat> and, and a journal is also a place where you can put your faith goals the way you want to stretch in life and grow. So, I would say for this week across Every day of the week, just write in bold letters, encourage someone, encourage someone, encourage. on Friday, encourage someone, on Saturday, encourage someone, all the way through the end of the week, and write that person's name down that you want to call to encourage that day. And if you'll do this day after day, you're going to build a habit where it just becomes natural and normal for you to encourage someone. Now when you encourage someone, don't just, don't just flatter them. Don't just say, hey, you know, that, 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 that shirt looks nice on you or that dress looks nice on you. Instead, look for a character quality in their life. I mean, there are some folks here helping me this morning. There's Wayne Kittle sitting behind the computer and running the sound and everything. He's waving at me while I'm preaching right now. But Wayne has brought us so far already in being able to, to live stream and get this up going. There's Pastor Mark who puts the order of the service together and organizes the music and is sure that everything is set and going. Pastor Corey is sitting over here to my right, and he's staying in touch with all of our young people and doing a great job and Pastor Rick, as he's, as he's leading our small groups to do ministry and staying in touch with so many folks, there are so many ways to encourage. Now, these are the people in front of me, but there are people that I can't see this morning, like the family this week who, who providentially bought a book and hung it on my door, a book I had just told my wife I want to read. She didn't tell them I wanted to read it but a brand new book out by one of my favorite authors, and there was a text message hanging on my door was a book. You see, people need to be encouraged and and thanked for what they do. I want to just compliment you and affirm you for being on Facebook this morning and watching this service, or maybe you're watching on YouTube. I just want to affirm you because you put God first on a Sunday morning to come and worship. The third thing is, have a purpose in your encouragement. Have a purpose in the way you encourage people. That's what I mean by not flattering. And here's the purpose I think we need to have. Look at verse 13, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see, my purpose in trying to be an encouragement to other people is not just to encourage them in their business not just to encourage them in their parenting skills or in their marriage life, but my purpose is to encourage people to be passionate followers of Christ. Years ago, living in Columbus, Georgia, Becky and I wrote down a vision for our life. Uh, there was no, no one ever told us about a vision statement. We just sat down in our living room one night, and, and we wrote down what our purpose in life was, and we wrote down a vision for our lives, and we've always wanted to persuade people to become passionate followers of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what we believe God has called us to do. That's what we believe that God's called the church to do. And the goal here that Paul is getting at is he wants you to keep a soft heart, a tender heart. That's the reason that the Scripture says, now listen, so that none of you harden your hearts. The goal is to keep a soft heart, a tender heart towards God, and a tender heart towards people. Attend tender heart towards your friends, but a tender heart towards those that are your enemies. A tender heart to those who can take you out to eat, and a tender heart to those who need a meal to be fed. A tender heart to the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you and at times just prompt you to do something generous or kind or, or prompt you to wake up in the middle of the night and hit the floor on your knees and begin to pray. Keep a tender heart so that at times you know when it's right to have that spiritual conversation with somebody. And friends, it's not, you know, pastors and missionaries that have the tender heart for God. It's all of us. God wants to use you to encourage other people. A hard heart never sees the need spiritually. Or they may not like the way somebody doesn't measure up to their standard, but we're not talking about a standard here. We're talking about a lifestyle. We're talking about a passionate heart for Jesus Christ, and when you have a passionate heart for Jesus, you don't have to worry about the standard. You'll just want to love God and love people, and that will fulfill the law, Jesus said, and so we want a soft heart, but we also want to stay safe from sin. You know, you know here at Woodland, I've often told you, you don't have to fear the devil. You don't have to fear any demon from hell. You don't have to fear anybody. You don't have to fear people, But if there's one thing I fear, it's the deceitfulness of sin. And so, I want your heart to be safe. I want you to have a safe life. And so, that's the reason I'd say to you that we need to be deliberate. We need to be daily about encouraging. But we need to have a purpose with our encouragement. That we want one another to walk securely in grace. So, parents, I would say to you, Catch your kids doing something right. Encourage them in their faith. Encourage them in their walk with Jesus Christ. Husbands, catch your wives doing something right. You know, one time Becky said something to me that cut me right to the, I mean, it just like, boom, hit me right here. I came in and <clears throat> I was tired and, 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 and just maybe not feeling the best. And I made a comment about the house not being as clean as it ought to be, or as I thought it ought to be. And Becky just looked at me, and she said, here's what my day's been like. And she talked about, you know, our children. She was a homeschooling mom, and her ministry at the church and all that was going on. And I realized that that moment, the only time I ever really complimented Becky was when the house was clean. You know, we need to be careful. Guys, think about this this morning we need to be careful that we're supporting our wives and encouraging our wives even when the house is not like you'd like it to be. As a matter of fact, if your wife works outside the home, you've got just as much responsibility to help keep that home clean and help with the dishes and everything else in life. You see, let's don't just compliment people when they do things well Let's encourage and support them when we see things maybe aren't like we hoped they would be. Let's come alongside and let's help it to become what it ought to be. Well, I can hear some people saying amen right now. I want to show you now a pattern, a pattern. I've got four men in here with me right now that are all grinning. I think maybe conviction has just come upon some of us right now. Here's a pattern that we want to observe when it comes to encouraging. I want to take you now to another story in the Bible, one of my favorite heroes in the Bible, one of my favorite characters, and his name is Joseph, but he got a nickname Barnabas. Matter of fact, I think they probably called him Barney for short. So let's read about Barney right here. Acts chapter 4 and verse 36, Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, he sold a field he owned and he brought the money to the apostles. Now, let me just kind of point out some things to you about Joseph, or Barney if we're going to call him that. Joseph, Barnabas, was a, a Levite. And as a Levite, he was like a, an assistant pastor. He was, he was someone that helped with the music. He was someone that helped with the, with the worship in the temple. He was someone that helped with the, the, all of the things that took place in the temple of it was an important role, an important position. He wasn't a priest, but he was a Levite. And somehow or another, during the persecution and the dispersion of the Jews, he had been exiled along with his family to an island called Cyprus. So he grew up in a Greek culture. And as a Greek person, as a, as a Jewish, as a Greek Jew, as someone who was called a Hellenist, you might remember that if you've read the book of Acts. As someone that was called a Hellenist, Jews that were native-born in Israel and Jerusalem kind of considered the Hellenist Jews as less devout because they picked up the ways of the cultures that they lived in. And a lot of times the culture clashed with the Jewish culture, just like sometimes there's a culture clash between the church and and the world. And so they would pick up these, these traditions from their Greek backgrounds, and and the Jews would look at them and see them as just less devout than what they were. There was one time in the Bible, I believe that you'll remember the story, there was this conflict that happened between the Jewish believers and the Greek believers because the Jewish widows were receiving more care than the Greek widows were. And there was this first recorded conflict in the church because of this kind of prejudice. Well, Joseph would have been familiar with that, or Barnabas would have been familiar with that. But what I like about Barnabas is he didn't let that make him bitter. He didn't let that cause him to become hardened in his heart. He realized there was a problem, but the Holy Spirit spoke to the disciples, led the church, and they solved the problem, and they moved on. You know, some people... Some people never let something go. Some people hold on to their hurt. Some people hold on to their pain. And they can't tell you something good that's happened to them this morning, this something good that happened to them yesterday, but they can tell you in vivid living detail about the hurt and the pain that they experienced in times past. But Barnabas didn't allow that to make him bitter. He just devoted himself to building other people up, to encouraging them. He he devoted himself because he wanted to see people grow and flourish in Christ. He wanted them to become passionate followers of Jesus. As a matter of fact, this was such a part of his life, that's why they nicknamed him Barnabas. And if you read the verse again... It means son of encouragement. So they were saying like, you know, his parents were encouragement. My parents were Buford and Louise. And if I had the kind of reputation that Barnabas had, they would say, well, Dennis's parents were encouragement. They were Mr. and Mrs. Encouragement. That's just how committed Barnabas was to encouraging people to grow in their faith and I see that as an example and as a pattern for us. Encouragers, they love to watch you run. Encouragers, they love to watch you grow. Encouragers cheer you on. Encouragers catch you doing something right. Encouragers say, at a boy, at a girl. Encouragers pat you on the back. Encouragers are constantly looking for ways to challenge you to grow. And they're never critical. I mean, they can be realistic, and I'll get to that in a moment but they're never critical. I read a story one time, and I'm sure it's not true, and you'll understand why, but it was so funny. This guy went to get his haircut to his regular barber, and his barber never saw good in anything. And so he told his barber, he says, listen, I'm going to be gone for a few weeks. I'm going to miss my haircut. My wife and I are going to Italy. And his barber said, oh, you're going to have a terrible time. The Italians are rude to Americans. The food is expensive. The food is no good. The city's dirty. You're just going to have a bad time. Well, in a couple of weeks, his friend returned from Italy and began to tell him what a wonderful time he had in Italy. The food was great. He said, the prices were reasonable. The city was clean. He said, we had the best time of all, and best of all, I got to meet the Pope. And his barber said, you met the Pope? He goes, yeah, I met the Pope. And he says, I knelt down in front of the Pope, and the Pope reached over to bless me. And before he blessed me, he looked at me and he says, who gave you that awful haircut? And when I think about, that's why I don't think the story's true, but when I think about that, the barber who never saw good in anything is so different than the man who saw good in Everything. The first time my wife and I went to Venice together, I was stunned because everybody told us how awful Venice was going to be, how much it stank, and all these bad things. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world that Becky and I have ever visited. Friends, encouragers are always looking for the good. Encouragers have a vision for you. They want to see you become all that God created you to be. Encouragers know that they believe with all their heart that God has made you to be more than a conqueror. They believe with all their hearts that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. They believe with all of their hearts that all things have passed away and all things have become new. Encouragers are generous. Encouragers are generous people. I mean, that's the first Quality that we see right here about Barnabas is he became aware of a need that there were people who were marginalized and needy. And see, so he owned this piece of property, and the Bible says he went and he sold that piece of property and he gave the money to the church in order that they could minister to other people's needs. You see, encouragers are generous with their time, encouragers are generous with their talent. And encouragers are generous with their treasure. You've got time, especially during this pandemic. You're at home. You're with your family to write a card, to write an email, to make a phone call. You've got time to encourage your children. You've got time to encourage your spouse. You've got time this morning to be able to share with others You've got talents. You've got latent gifts inside of you that you're not using. God created you in His image, which means you've got creativity. You've got abilities. You've got spiritual gifts. When you were born again, God gave you a spiritual gift, and you can use those gifts to encourage one another with. But you also have treasure, and you say, I don't have much. You have treasure. You can give like the little widow woman did. She only had a mite to give, but all of us have something we can give to share with those in need. The second thing I want you to see is that encouragers are accepting and they're motivating. They're accepting and they're motivating. Let's look at this Saul tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and he told them how Saul in his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Well, I understand the church. I can understand exactly. I mean, Saul was a terrorist. He was drenched in the blood of the church. I mean, he threatened, he imprisoned, he oversaw executions of people that were Christians. I mean, this would just imagine this morning, if you would, this would be like al if I said his name correct, uh, he's the terrorist that is, is the most wanted right now in the world. It would be like him coming to know Jesus Christ and then showing up at church. Nobody wants to let him in. Imagine that this guy would come to church and, 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 and say, you know, I've given my heart to Jesus. You see, this is what it was like with Saul. Saul had been this terrorist that took the church and persecuted the church, but Barnabas, Barnabas saw what God had done, done in Saul's life. And so the Bible says he took him. Say that out loud. He took him. In other words, he went and he got Saul and he brought him into his life. He became a friend to Saul because somebody's got to disciple him. Somebody's got to to see that he grows in faith. And so he took Saul, and he began to disciple him. The church is saying, you know, we're afraid of this guy. You know, how are we going to bring him into the fellowship if he really is a Christian? And so maybe somebody looked at Thomas and says, Thomas, how about you? Thomas says, not me. I'm not bringing that guy into my home. I'm not bringing that guy into my life. Maybe they looked over at uh, Peter, and Peter said, hey, listen, I know Cornelius, but this guy, this guy could be a spy. This guy could be someone that's infiltrating our ranks in order to betray us. And then this little guy comes out, Barney, and he says, I'll take him, and I'll disciple him. That's what encouragers do. The second thing I want you to say is he, he brought him. He brought him into the fellowship and he stood by him. Every new believer needs somebody to stand by them. Every sick person needs somebody to stand by them. Every family needs another family to stand by them. Every pastor needs somebody to stand by him. It's one of the things that's so shocking to me about the story of Moses whacking the rock after God had been so good. And again, I'm not being critical of Moses. You know, I've got my own share of mistakes and failures. But God who had had done so many miracles through Moses, and Moses knew what it was like when he, he grew weary in prayer and his hands began to falter. There were two encouragers beside him, Aaron and Hur, that held his hands up. Whose hands are you holding up today? Who are you holding up in faith? Who are you holding up in prayer? Who are you holding up in encouragement this morning? And then there's one other thing I want you to see. Barnabas spoke up for him. He told them. I mean, that's a stand-up guy. You know, a friend that won't stand up for you is not a friend at all. Fair-weather friends are not friends. Sunshine friends are not Friends. The friends or the people are the ones who go with you when you succeed and when you fail. I will never forget a friend of mine by the name of Charlie Dunlop. Charlie was a, a Marine, that, Marine captain that gave his heart to Christ and a friend of mine in Georgia. And I remember when Charlie was born again. And I remember one day Charlie and I were out talking during the midst of a we were having lunch at a Cracker Barrel. It was during the midst of a televised scandal and failure of a prominent Christian. And I remember while Charlie and I were talking over that meal at the Cracker Barrel, Charlie looked across the table at me and he said, Pastor, if you ever fail, I'll be the best friend you ever had. And I realized I was talking to a Barnabas. You see, Barnabases are stand-up guys. They stand with you through thick and through thin. They really do believe, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, all things have passed away and all things have become new. Now, I need to give you just a caveat here. It doesn't mean that we just automatically take somebody at their word. There's a certain amount of discernment that we have to have. As a young Christian, I learned this the hard way. Because I just wanted everybody who gave their who said they gave their heart to Christ. I wanted to befriend them. And then I I learned that there were some people that would take advantage of that. There were some people that would, would try to to hurt or wound or get involved. I remember one time as a youth pastor, there was a young man that started coming to our youth group, and I just had this check in my spirit and this this quickening in my heart. I needed to watch out for that, that this guy. He demonstrated and said all the right things, but there was something about him that just didn't seem to line up in my spirit. It was nothing I could really put my eyes on. It was just something in my spirit that just didn't seem right. And then one day, boom, there was something that happened, and I found out this was the kid behind it. And I had to, to go to him and say, listen, this is not right. And and we had a long conversation, and what had to take place if he was going to be a part of this youth ministry, and of course, he left then. And I've had that to happen over the years. So the caveat is you have to have a certain amount of discernment. That's the reason we encourage you to be a part of a small group. That's the reason we encourage you to go through our discipleship classes here at Woodland, go through discovering what our vision and our mission is about. Go through discovering how to grow in your faith in Christ. Go through discovering how you serve God in the ministry because every one of us have a gift to serve God with. Go through with us discovering how to share your faith with others. Go through a class on discovering how to worship. Go through our leadership and mentoring discipleship classes. We want to help you grow in your faith in Christ Jesus. Now, let me just ask a question. What do you think would have happened if Barnabas had not befriended Saul? What do you think would have happened to Saul if there hadn't been a Barnabas in his life? And you see, that's the challenge that has always rang in my heart. Because I remember in one of my evangelism classes when I was a, a student in Bible college, This was years and years ago in the 70s. And I remember our professor, Bob Elliott, standing up and looking at us and saying, Evangelism has only begun when somebody has given their heart to Christ. You haven't fully evangelized someone until they're discipled, until they're encouraged to grow. And he used a story or an illustration about how many people come to faith in Christ and then because no one follows up on them, no one befriends them, no one disciples them, that that baby in Christ perishes. Ask yourself this morning, what would have happened if there hadn't have been a Barnabas that had been deliberate, if there hadn't have been a Barnabas that was daily, if there hadn't have been a Barnabas that was coming alongside and encouraging Saul to grow in his faith in Christ? How do you do that? Well, you look for grace. You look for the marks and the signs of grace. What is grace? Grace is God's favor. grace Grace is God giving me what I don't deserve. Grace is God giving me His love and His goodness, and it begins to transform my life. If I'm the optimist, then suddenly I'm not just seeing a silver lining in every cloud. I'm seeing the hand of God behind every cloud. I see the hand of God behind this pandemic. If I'm a pessimist in life, then suddenly I'm not just seeing everything that's wrong and criticizing. All of a sudden, I'm beginning to see God's grace at work. I'm beginning to see God's favor. I'm beginning to have faith, and I'm beginning to say, yes, this this may be a, a bad thing. This may not be the best thing, but if you can stand the pulling, God's going to pull us through. Suddenly, my life becomes more of an encouragement rather than a discouragement. Look at this passage of Scripture with me in Acts chapter 11 and verse 23. Speaking about Barnabas, when Barnabas arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. The background to this story in Acts chapter 11 is Gentiles are coming to know Jesus. Now remember, I talked just a few moments ago about Barney being a, a Levite that grew up in Cyprus and how that the, the Jewish church was at first prejudiced against the the Hellenist Jews, because they were considered less devout. Now the Gentiles are coming in. And for a long time, the Jewish people had rejected the Gentiles. And the Jewish people were saying, no, this can't be true that suddenly God is saving them. God is bringing them into the church. These people, they're far from God. We're we're the chosen people of God. Instead, what happens is, is that God reveals His grace through Jesus Christ and Gentiles are coming to know Jesus Christ and and guess who goes to check it out? Guess who goes to see what's happening? It's the son of encouragement. And when he comes, he saw the grace of God you look for the grace of God. You look for God's favor. He saw these Gentiles' lives were changing from paganism into following the one true God of Israel. He saw that these, these Gentiles were turning away from the ways of the world to following after the one true God of Israel. They were confessing Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the first one to welcome the Gentiles into the church, while the other members of the church were holding back because they weren't Jewish. Friends, Encouragers come along and they comfort us. Encouragers come along and they challenge us. And encouragers come along and they call us a little bit higher. Comfort, challenge, and call us higher. Those are three distinct meanings of the word paracleo, which means to encourage. So sometimes when we encourage, we come alongside the sick and we comfort them. Or we come alongside those who are emotionally hurting, and we comfort them. Sometimes we come along to people who who don't have a vision or they're confused, and we challenge them, and we say, look, God's got you here for a reason. God's got you here for a purpose, and I can't discover your purpose for you. You can't discover my purpose for myself. We just come along and we challenge them. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for the young people here at Woodland Church. God's got a vision for our young people here at Woodland. God has a vision for every child in your home this morning. God has created that child with a plan and a purpose in life, and so we we challenge them to become all that God called them to be. God's got a purpose for every senior citizen. If you're breathing and alive this morning, God has a reason and a purpose for your being here Oh, how I long for the day when every single senior citizen in our congregation is storming the gates of heaven in prayer. Is the older women discipling younger women, the older men discipling younger men, helping them to grow in Christ. But then sometimes we're called just a little bit higher and said, you know what, you've been here long enough. It's time to to grow again. Every day of my life, I, I have it as a part of my agenda How am I going to grow today? Last night, before I went to bed, I just answered one question in my journal. How could I have made this day better? This morning when I got up and I told you about my journaling, after I wrote down those things that I was grateful for in life, after I wrote down who I wanted to encourage today, then I asked asked myself, how do I want to grow today? Where do I want to grow at? And so it's in my journal. It's in my mind. So now I know how I want to go encouragers call people a little bit higher. And that's what I'm doing, I hope, with you this morning. Encouragers have God's vision for your life. again, God's vision is clearly revealed in the Bible. And so when we talk about vision, we're talking about what does the Word of God have to say about our life? Well, first thing I'd like to do before I do the growth work is, I just really, talking about being sensitive and sometimes checked by the Holy Spirit, I just feel like I need to pray for folks right now. If you're listening to this and somehow or another you're being drawn towards Jesus Christ this morning, I want you to know you're not listening to this on Facebook or on YouTube by accident. God loves you. That's the reason you're watching. Or maybe you've backslid and you're no longer living as close to Christ as you used to be. You, you call yourself a Christian, but you know you're just not where you need to be. I really feel like the Holy Spirit is maybe speaking to some folks right now and saying, this is a time to give your heart to Him. God loves you. God wants to do something wonderful in your life. But the problem all of us have, myself included, is that we have to confess our sins And we have to confess our faith in Jesus Christ. So if that's you and you want to give your heart to Christ, would you pray this prayer with me right now? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your son Jesus to die for my sins. Oh Lord, I confess my sins to you. Sins are our moral failures. And I ask you to forgive me, and I ask you to come into my life and make all things new. I ask you, Lord, to transform the way I think, the way I feel. And I ask you, Lord, to bring a Barnabas into my life, that you'll bring someone into my life to help me grow and to become more like you. I don't understand it all yet, Lord. But I do understand this, that you love me and if I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life, you have said you would forgive me of all of my sins and you would adopt me into your family. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer with me right now and you prayed that sincerely, God heard you. God's forgiven you of your sins. And I prayed with you that there would be a Barnabas to come into your life. And I hope you will write me here at Woodland Church. Just send an email to office at woodland.church. That's office at woodland.church. And I'll send you some material tomorrow that will help you grow. I I can either email it to you or I can send it to you in the mail. So I need an address and an email from you to help me get that to you. But did you know also when you give your heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And the Holy Spirit is the encourager. The Holy Spirit will help you grow. And if you live here in the Down River area, I invite you to come worship with us at Woodland Church. As soon as this pandemic is over, come and join us right here at Woodland. If not, just stay in tune with us every day here on Facebook or on YouTube because my wife and I are doing a daily update. If you're a young person you know, send me that email. But also, I'd like to send you some information about how you could connect with Pastor Corey and get involved with our youth ministry called Elevation as well. And if you don't live in this area, if you'll write me, I think I can pretty well help you get connected to a good Bible-believing, Spirit-filled church where you can grow in your faith. So let me go to our growth work now, and let me talk to you about how to become an encourager. Do you want to be an encourager? And that's the question you need to ask yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself. Are you like the barber who said, the food is terrible in Italy, the prices are too expensive, the city is dirty? Are you like the crabs that's always pulling people down? Then you can learn to be an encourager. And I want to show you how from the Bible you can do that. You can learn how to encourage other people. But you've got to be deliberate and you've got to do it daily. You've, you've got to keep that in mind, that you've got to make a deliberate choice because at times you're going to want to criticize, and you're going to have to choose to compliment. You're going to want to find something wrong, and you're going to have to choose to find something right. And I'm telling you, I know from having discipled and mentored a lot of people through the years, that is a big challenge. And you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to stumble, but don't then criticize yourself. You're doing better today than you did yesterday. So this is just a way of deliberately and daily going about this. And the reason you want to do it is you want to keep your heart safe, and you want to keep your heart soft. Don't forget that. You want to keep your heart safe. You want to keep your heart soft. If you're a parent, you want to keep the hearts of your children safe and soft. If you're criticizing your kids, your kids' hearts won't stay soft and safe. If you're criticizing your wife, your your wife's heart won't stay soft and safe. So deliberate and daily, and the reason we do it is because we want to keep safe hearts and soft hearts. Amen? You following with me? Say amen out there if you are. Okay, number one, be full of the Holy Spirit in faith. Be full of the Holy Spirit in faith. As Christians, we have to daily ask the Lord to fill us again. Paul says that we are to stay full. We leak. There's holes in our lives, so we leak, and we need that refilling daily of the Holy Spirit. Look at uh, what the Scripture says about Barnabas in Acts 11. He was a good man, circle that word good, He was full of the Holy Spirit, circle that phrase, and a great number, excuse me, and faith, circle the word faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. If you will be a good person, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith, you will bring people to Christ. You may not bring as many people to Christ as Billy Graham did. You may not bring as many people to Christ as... Pastor Rick has done, but you will bring people to know Jesus Christ. And you, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you'll, you'll be full of faith. And it, it just, it, they go together. Don't underestimate what God can do through you. Don't underestimate. Begin to dream. Say, God, what do you want to do through my life? How do you want to encourage people and see yourself becoming in that role? Number two, have an encouragement partner. Have someone that encourages you. I have a file, I call it my e-file, and over the years I've collected so many encouraging emails and cards and notes, a matter of fact, I'm now scanning them because the file has gotten so big, but sometimes I will just sit down when I'm feeling low, or I'm feeling exhausted, or maybe I need some encouraging, I'll just sit down and I'll read through those notes and cards that people have written me about various ways that I've encouraged them. And friends, it just picks me up every time. But I have in my life, I have encouragement partners. You know, I I don't call them accountability partners. I mean, that's what they do. They hold me accountable, but they're encouraging me. See, another meaning of that word paracleo means to exhort. It means to call out, to call us forth, to challenge us. Let's look at this in Acts chapter 11 again. Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. When it came time, he didn't go for Thomas, he didn't go for Peter, he didn't go for Bartholomew, he went for Saul, and he and Saul encouraged the folks. And then finally this morning, before we close in prayer, give attention, give affirmation, and give appreciation to others. Attention, affirmation, and appreciation. Pay attention. You're home anyway. Pay attention to one another. Affirm one another. Appreciate what one another does. When you're paying attention, you take note of what your children are doing or not doing, and then you get involved in their lives. God pays attention to you always. When you pay attention, you contact your friends and you say, hey, how are you doing today? When you affirm, you're catching people doing something right. And you're affirming them and say, you do that so well. And when you appreciate people, you thank them. You know, I'm a part of the Assemblies of God. This church is a part of the Assemblies of God. And we used to say about ourselves, we're great appreciators Because it was just almost something glib we said. We'd pat people on the back and say, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, sister. You know, those can be words. Let's genuinely appreciate what one another does in the body of Christ. Acts chapter 28. There we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them. And so we came to Rome. And the brothers and sisters had heard that we were coming and they traveled as far as the Forum of Apius and the three taverns to meet us. And to the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. Why? Because they paid attention, they knew he was coming. They affirmed his ministry, they know he's on his way to house arrest. But they also appreciated what the Apostle Paul had done in their lives. So, friends, let's pay attention let's affirm, and let's appreciate. Those are the people you're going to remember in life. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for these words of wisdom and counsel for us during this pandemic. And if the prognosticators and the doctors and the politicians are right, Lord, if this is going to be the worst week, of this coronavirus pandemic then I pray that you will raise up a group of people from this congregation Lord of every Bible believing church and that your Holy Spirit will anoint them and that God we will be known as those that are encouragers in our communities. the Lord will be known as those who see the work of God we'll see evidence of the grace of God We will call people to a higher faith in God. We will call people to put their trust in you, Lord. We will pray the prayer of faith, for we know that the effective, fervent prayer of righteous people accomplishes much in the kingdom of heaven. And we pray, Lord, that we will comfort, challenge, and call one another higher in the body of Christ in our neighborhood and in our community as well. Now, Lord, finally, I pray a divine covering of protection over this church, over our neighbors and our friends. I plead the blood of Jesus. Everything that you accomplished at Calvary, everything that you did for us, I claim that in the name of Jesus and pray that you will protect us from this coronavirus and help us, O Lord, to be givers of love, of affirmation, of attention, and appreciation and care to each other. I ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you just send me a text or an email or just leave a comment? If this has, is encouraging you as we meet together, would you encourage us? I'd love to be able to share that with everyone who's helping us behind the scenes to do this live daily and to have our services live, I just love to be able to say, look, you're appreciated for what you've done. Secondly, if you've got the app on your iPad or your iPhone or your Android phone, there's a communication card there. Would you go to that communication card? And if you need to help on how to do that, just send us a a message at Woodland Church at Facebook. We'll show you how to do that. Or somebody will show you how to do that. I'm not even sure I know how to do it, but somebody will show you how to do it. But send us a communication card if you have a need, if we can help you. And, and it would just mean so much here from you. And Then thirdly, would you take time today, would you click that, that little button on the app or on the website that says give, remember the Lord with your tithes, your missions offering. You know, if you're one of those that supports our youth ministry, help us as we minister to children, help us to continue everything that we're doing here so that as you put God first in your finances, I promise you, God is going to take care of you and God's going to meet every need in your life. Well, let me leave you with a blessing this morning and thank you so much for watching today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you May you prosper in everything you set your hands to do diligently, and in your going in and your coming out, may you be blessed in the city or in the field. May the favor and the grace of God rest upon you this week. The Lord bless you. Thanks so much for watching today.